Bleak Expectations by Mark Evans, Volume 3, Chapter the First. A lovely life re-kippered again once more. Quite yourself, Sir Philip. Do I not sound it, Sir No, sir. You sound happy. Yes. Well, my daughter will shortly arrive with my new grandson, whose existence elicits oohs and ahs, and that happiest of words, ooh, goshy, ah, bliss. <laughs> and your son-in-law, Sarquil, is to hear the next part of your life story. He is the fly in the ointment, the dead rat in the vegetable soup, the pig and shellfish surprise at the kosher buffet. <laughs> Mr. Sarkwell, sir. Where is my daughter and grandson? Uh, I hurried ahead of them so I might have a rest. A rest? Well, I, having a baby is so tiring. All the feeding and crying and vomiting. And then there's the baby to look after. <laughs> that is why most children should be like comets, seen very rarely and from a great distance. <laughs> Lady Lily and a tiny person, sir. Uh, <laughs> dear grandson. <coughs> what? Boy's a coward. Oh, no. No, father. Merely hungry. You can tell by the nature of the cry. Also, by the way, he has put on a napkin and is perusing a wine list. <laughs> I shall unpack the feeding equipment, dearest. What is that ridiculous device? Oh, well, as you know, babies feed from the breast, if you'll excuse the expression. Alas, it is against all laws of decency for a child actually to see a breast, if you'll excuse the expression. Hence this, the telebreastinator. One end is attached to my milky bosom, the other to the child via a tube. Then he feeds while Lily sits in a cupboard wearing a sack on her head and reciting passages from the Bible. Do you have a spare cupboard, Father? Uh, use the one marked good French things. It's completely empty. <laughs> Ready? I shall attach the food mask to the child. <laughs> then start the lacto-pedal. Milk away. <laughs> and while the child feeds, shall we continue your life story? We shall. <laughs> Should the device make that sound? Oh, merely the normal workings of any telebrestinator. Very well. <clears throat> My story is one of sorrow, tragedy, and... Ooh. It should definitely sound like that, should it? Oh, almost certainly. I see. <clears throat> ah, where was I? Oh, yeah. Sorrow, tragedy, and... Uh, no, that, uh, that doesn't sound right to me. Well, it is. See, the pressure gauge is at red for safe. And the safety whistle is at full volume. And it has exploded. <laughs> oh, quite normal. It's raining milk. <laughs> the child's favourite weather. Your imbecile device has left milk all over my floor. Well, soon you shall have a delicious cheese carpet. Leave that infernal machine alone. Just sit still and listen. Last time, you heard how my evil ex-guardian, Mr. Gently Benevolent, returned from the dead, and I, P, 
Pip Bin thwarted his attempts to conquer the world with his Martian army. You also heard how I married Miss Ripley Fecker. <laughs> bore me a daughter named Lily. Six more children followed, also named after flowers, Daisy, Violet, Philippendula, Ulmaria, purple one with white bits whose name we've forgotten, <laughs> and our two sons, Chris, short for Chrysanthemum, and Brian, <laughs> named for the now extinct Brian Plant. <laughs> my own schooling had been incredibly harsh, and rather than see my children suffer similarly, I purchased a magical wardrobe and shoved them through the back of that instead. <laughs> they took to it with all the gusto you would expect of bold Victorian children. Look, a fawn! Kill it! <laughs> Hello, I'm Mr. Tumnus. Oh! Thanks to my invention of the bin, I was incredibly rich. And my sole work consisted of keeping an eye on my fortune. I'm as rich as 16 rich men put together, or 9,005 relatively poor men. <laughs> A rumble for me. Meanwhile, my best friend, Harry Biscuit, was still married to my sister Pippa, and still Britain's keenest yet worst inventor. Here, Pippin, taste this. Mmm, sort of minty, grassy flavour. Yes, it's a new sweet for sheep. <laughs> I call it the bar humbug. <laughs> it was the day that Harry and I were setting off to attend London's latest sensation, a seance. Oh, please, may I come, dear husband? Seances are too terrifying for women. You may get a startled womb or panicked ovaries. <laughs> seance where a man's head turned completely inside out and he could see you into his own brain. <gasps> that sounds brilliant! I doubt it actually happened. These events are famously fraudulent. Come now, dear sister-in-law. Let us embroider and discuss morally improving topics such as ivory and eugenics. Oh. <laughs> Being a Victorian gentlewoman is so not fun at all. The seance was run by Britain's shortest yet fattest spiritualist, small, medium, large. <laughs> We entered a gloomy, strange-smelling room, and immediately a shudder ran down my spine and into my left trouser leg, where it began tickling me, and not in a good way like a friendly uncle, but in a bad way like a dodgy boarding school geography teacher. It is cold in here. I've developed goosebumps, chicken lumps, and even a duckwort. The cold is to induce unease, as is the low, frightening music. And the wolf. <laughs> Aha! Here comes the fraudulent crone. All right, me ducks. How is everyone? How are you, sir? Very well. No, you're not. You'll be dead in four weeks. <laughs> it's what the spirits say. How are we to verify the statement? She knows we cannot, but the cheap effect works. Now, shall I contact the dead? Yes! Nonsense! This will be a fine show of musical trickery and charlatanism. You love in the front row. What's your name? <laughs> She's picked the wrong man, for I have the most rational and scientific mind here. My name? Why, it is Harry Biscuit. I knew that. Oh, my God! <laughs> Did she know? Oh, she's magic, I tell you, magic. <laughs> Harry, you just told her. But she already knew. <laughs> oh, she is brilliant. Do you have a relative that may have passed over? 
Perhaps a mother, brother, father, cousin, second cousin, sister, stepsister, aunt, uncle, godfather, stepmother, half-brother, quarter-sister, pretend cousin, made-up aunt, inventive father, grand-cousin, semi-cousin, demi-hemi-cousin, or indeed any friend, acquaintance, or person who you may have seen once on the street. That is uncanny! <laughs> Several or more of all or some of those people have died. <laughs> oh, you are utterly convincing. Now you, sir, what is your name? No need to tell her, Pipbin. She already knows. Is it Pipbin? Incredible! <laughs> How does she do it? Do the initials GB mean anything to you? At this, her tiny face began to twist. The room grew colder, and a slow drip of fear began in my mind, growing into a pool of panic, then a sea of scaredness, and finally an ocean of uh-oh. <laughs> For GB meant only one thing to me, my evil, long-dead ex-guardian, Mr. Gently Benevolent. A thin mist emanated from her nostrils, and I knew immediately that the trickery was over as her voice changed to one that was strangely familiar. <laughs> testing, testing, one, two, three. Ah, <laughs> uh, excellent. Now, tremble, pip. Bin, for I, Mr. Gently Benevolent, have taken possession of this body and have returned from the dead. And I am hungry, hungry for life. Now, fully in control of the tiny medium's body, he dived into the crowd, plunging his teeth into the knees of an audience member. Ah, my knees! <laughs> I watched in horror as he moved amongst them, gorging on knee blood. With each mouthful, he grew bigger. The possessed body swelling until he could savage first buttocks. Oh, my buttocks! Then elbows. Oh, my elbows! And finally, throat. Oh, my throat! My strength returns. You have destroyed me twice before, Pippin. That is not enough because we're playing best of five. Let my vengeance begin. He came nearer and nearer, blood-stained fangs bared. Yet as he lunged for my neck, I was frozen to the spot like an agoraphobic caribou. <laughs> See as I grow massive. Oh, indeed, oh, too massive. Oh, oh, oh. This tiny body cannot contain me. No, I cannot be thwarted so close to my revenge. I've drunk too much blood. I should never have had that last pint. Oh dear, I'm going to burst. He exploded, showering the room with gore and evil. Oh, ruddy heck. <laughs> Back home, I poured myself a nerve-steadying drink. Ah. Ha! Dear wife, ripely, you have dashed the glass from my hands. I have. Please, do not do so. Ah. This is the Pippa, you do the same. I do. Well, don't. Harry! Sorry, Pitbin. Thought it was a game. What game? Um, smashy, glassy, smash, smash. You must not be tempted by alcohol, dear husband. It is the evil juice. The naughty liquid. The sinful fluid. The satanic solution. Beelzebub's bouillabaisse. What? Ripley and I have decided that if we are to have no fun, neither shall anyone else. We have declared war on drink and have joined the temperance movement. But I have not. But we have. Get out, all of you. They had smashed all the glasses, so I went to drink from the bottle, but still shaking with fear, I dropped it. 
once in temperance. No, I haven't. To prove it, I knelt and licked brandy off the floor. <laughs> this was a mixed blessing. The brandy made me feel better, but the shards of glass in my tongue made me feel a lot worse. Delicious. Ow! And having a drink in the coming weeks proved no easier. I padded the floor with rubber. The tempter's tipple! But they dashed the glasses against the wall, so I purchased drinking vessels made from wood. Old Nick's naughty punch! Alas, Pippa set fire to them and ripely purchased a steam-powered rotary saw. Mephistopheles' malicious milk! Eventually, Harry and I were forced into drastic action. So, one evening, we left our gentleman's house and went in search of a good, old-fashioned, working-class pub. Alas, the temperance movement had been too successful, and most of the inns we tried were now alcohol-free. Well, we have tried the sober dog, and mine's an orange-juice duck, and the killjoy horses with no luck. Ooh, what about the three no-booze-here-you-wretched-sinner, have-some-water-or-do-a-prayer horseshoes? Indeed, the only proper pub we found was in the East End, the Jelly Deal and Murderer. <laughs> Where we sat with rough folk on a rough bench and drank roughly four pints of rough ale. <laughs> then, as we wobbled out, something strange yet flattering happened. Oi, mister, can I have your autograph? You may, young urchin. What is your name? Charlie Scam. <laughs> there we go, to Charlie. Best wishes, Pip Bit. Cheers, sucker. Oh, dear, my hands are all mucky with working-classnessness. I shall wipe them. That pigeon has stolen my handkerchief. <laughs> Maybe my ears are just drunk, but it sounded like Mr Benevolent. Of course, because Mr Benevolent was evil, and so are pigeons. Harry's explanation made perfect four-pint sense, and we returned home. Dear husband, you smell of the Prince of Darkness's aftershave. What? Beer. Oh, well, yes, I dashed a glass of beer from a man's hand, lest he drink it. Alas, it spilled over me. Oh, a noble act. And, dear husband Harry, you smell similar. Um, yes, what he said. Dear Pip, there is a policeman here to see you. A policeman? Why? I'm Inspector Whackwallop of Scotland Yard. <laughs> May I ask your whereabouts this evening, sir? Oh, Harry and I went for a walk. Yes, we've been for a walk, not a drink. Four delicious pints of walk. <laughs> Did this walk pass through the East End? Oh, you will not find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. It is full of drink. The River Fleet is practically made of gin. I only ask because a body was found there this evening. Is that so unusual, Inspector? Not really. They really rack them up there. <laughs> the victim had hundreds of tiny wounds and was clutching your handkerchief. That is easily explained. A pigeon stole it and must have dropped it there coincidentally. Now, Inspector, you say the body had hundreds of tiny wounds. Aha! I never said it had hundreds of tiny wounds. Actually, you did. Did I? Yes. Damn. <laughs> that normally works. Aha! And I never said he was an apprentice blacksmith. And nor did I. Didn't you? No. He didn't. Damn again. Nevertheless, you must be the prime suspect. No, Inspector. I will not have that. For Pip Bin could never kill anyone. Never. Although, now I come to think about it, there was the Hardfasher family. He did kill them and their cousins, the Sternbeaters, and he killed Mr Benevolent twice, <laughs> though they all definitely deserved it. Hmm. I wish to change my statement. <laughs> Pip 
Nothing could kill another human being, given the correct moral circumstances and provocation, and in fact has done so quite often considering. <laughs> Though uh, this murder, probably not. I'll be keeping an eye on you, Mr Bin. A beady eye, a suspicious eye, an interested eye. Wow, he's got three eyes. <laughs> I'll be back, Mr Bin. That night, I was working late in my study. Hmm. How about a rubbish receptacle to be used with the newly invented bicycle? I shall call it the pedal bin. <laughs> Who is tapping at my window? Why, it is that thieving pigeon. I shall shoo him away. <laughs> Go away. No. You are a pigeon, yet you speak. And with the voice of... Yes, it is me, Mr. Gently Benevolent. <laughs> How can this be? When the puny frame of that medium burst, my soul began to dissipate. Luckily, before it did, I was eaten by this pigeon. <laughs> They'll eat anything. Actually, that's one of the drawbacks. <laughs> I may control it, but there are atavistic urges I cannot eliminate. Now, I've eaten things you wouldn't believe. Dead dog, my own foot, pasta that was far too al dente. <laughs> but I digest. I, I digress. Did you enjoy the visit from the policeman? Of course. You planted my handkerchief on the body and the hundreds of tiny stab wounds. Yes, pecked to death. You pigeony fiend. Not a pigeon much longer. With each victim's blood, I grow stronger and more human. There are more victims? There will be. Yet you will take the blame. My vengeance will be long and slow, stretching out like an evil rubber band. Or a vile string of melted cheese. <laughs> but soon it will snap back, flicking your face with the overtwanged elastic of death. Or ruining your shirt with a too stretchified mozzarella of revenge. <laughs> and then I shall cast my shadow over the land, bringing fear and dread and... Oh, moustache, I can see some dried sick on the pavement. <laughs> Curse these residual pigeon appetites. He turned to fly away, but suddenly grabbed the cushion from my chair. <laughs> It was not until the next day I realized the consequences of his cushion larceny. Good morning, Mr. Bin. You probably know already, but five more bodies turned up overnight. Five? Aha! <laughs> I never said they were an actuary, a milliner, two elbow greasers, and a bespoke kitten sculptor. And nor did I. Always worth a try. Anyway, I found this nearby. To Charlie, I done the murders, I definitely done them. Best wishes, Pip Bin. That is the autograph I signed for the urchin, with extra words put in by a different hand. My grammar is far more better than that. Then I shall go, although one last thing. Could you sit on this, please, sir? What is that? A new type of cushion. Oh, excellent. Mine was stolen last night. Comfortable? Very. Aha! Condemned by your own buttocks. What? Are you familiar with the new forensic science of bottom prints? <laughs> Last night, we left sofas, chairs and beanbags around the East End, hoping the murderer might need a sit-down. <laughs> he did, and we took a cast of his bottom print. The very bottom print in which you now sit comfortably. No man can rest easy in another man's bottom dimple. <laughs> that is a true fact of Victorian science. I have been framed. By whom? Mr. Gently Benevolent. That will be the late Mr. Gently Benevolent, dead these past years. But he is dead no more. He has returned by possessing a pigeon. Possessing a pigeon? If I had a shilling for every time I'd heard that, I'd have two shillings. <laughs> possessing a pigeon, indeed. Three shillings now. <laughs> How do you explain this? What is that? 
Your diary, Mr. Bin. But, Inspector, my diary is here on my desk. Oh, no, it is not. Where it sat there is just a pile of evil bird droppings. <laughs> Curse you, Mr. Benevo Pigeon. Yesterday's entry says, do a murder. Today's, do more murders. <laughs> that is not my handwriting. In fact, it is not handwriting at all. It is beak writing. <laughs> bird has held a pen in its beak, specifically a pigeon. Four shillings. It must be a pigeon. It says coo every now and then. <laughs> Mr. Pitpin, I am arresting you for... No, wait. Look, in the diary for tonight, it says, do another murder. Coo, coo. So? So, Inspector, if I come with you to the East End tonight and you see me doing a murder, I will let you hang me on the spot. That does sound fun. <laughs> the Inspector left and Harry and I immediately made preparations for that night. I have invented a devicelment to aid us. Behold my anti-murder box. I shall distribute them to people and if they feel they are about to be murdered, they press this button and... Help, help. I am being murdered. Mind the gap. It is an adaptation of a device I am making for the new Metropolitan Railway. It shall be of great use, Harry. And I have just thought, the East End is full of pubs. I can have a proper drink again. Harumble for beer! Though our main purpose is to capture a murderer. Whatever! As we set off that night, I had trepidation in my heart, a sick feeling in my stomach, and a distinctly jittery kidney. A good night to go murdering, eh, Mr. Bin? See how the mist closes in. Indeed, mist and fog filled the streets. Nowadays, we would call it a pea super. But back then, we knew it as our gravy. <laughs> I'm going to go and check that pub out, see if there's a murderer in there. No, Harry, we should stay together. Good idea, Pitbin. You pair up with Inspector Whackwallop, and I'll pair up with my old friends, Superintendent Pint of Beer and Constable Crisps. We're alone, but don't think you can slip away from me in this air gravy and murder someone, Mr. Bin. Look up at that lamppost. There's a man in a box with an easel. He does a painting of the whole street every three days. <laughs> now, let us patrol. Up ahead is one of my best men, a constable tragic victim. Wait, Inspector. Do you hear that? What? Evil pigeon wings. Who goes there? Your own personal doom. Oh, oh, must use my special box. Help, help. I am being murdered. Stand clear of the doors. <laughs> By the time we arrived, the constable was dead. Murdered. Then do you accept it could not have been me? Ish. <laughs> Let us catch Mr. Benevo Pigeon and I shall be proved innocent. <laughs> We pursued him through the East End until finally he made a mistake as we emerged into an air gravy filled square from which there was no other exit. I looked about and could see nothing through the swirling, meaty mist. Come, Mr. Benevolent, reveal yourself. Oh, very well. Not like that. <laughs> Sorry. He uh, stood before us, a mixture of pigeon and man. Yes, it is I, Mr. Gently Benevolent. He stood the height of a man and had the features of a man, yet still possessed wings and a beak. By supping the blood of my victims, I have nearly regained my former form. Well, now you are trapped. Perhaps. But what if I had a bargaining chip and a sachet of bargaining ketchup? He dragged forward two people I recognized all too well. Dear wife and sister, how did this happen? 
We were marching against drink in the East End, and it was going really, really well. And then we saw this man-pigeon, and thought we could adopt him and feel morally superior about it. But alas, it was Mr. Benevolent, and now we are captive. Are you all right? Yes, though notwithstanding our recent stance on the issue, I could really do with a drink. Me too. Silence. I am nearly a whole man again. I need the blood of but one more victim. And that victim has kindly come to me. Inspector, there are two of us. We can defeat him. Wrong! There are three of us! I shall save you, Pitbin! Now, let us defeat him, and then we can go for a curry! Harry, you are drunk! <laughs> no! I am not drunk! I am just drunk! <laughs> now, let good triumph, let evil be thwarted, let chickens have library cards, and, and let me have a small nap. Great! There are still two of us, Inspector. Maybe, but why should I help you? For the sake of justice. Where was justice when you slaughtered my cousins? Your cousins? The heart thrashers and the stern beaters. Uh, Botheringtons. <laughs> I adore them, so don't expect any help from me, you cousinicidal maniac. But can I count on your help? My cousins loved you. And if they loved you, then so do I. It's a sort of family tradition, like licking horses and punching Auntie Enid. <laughs> Excellent. Now I need but one more victim to become wholly human again. He advanced on us, weird, half-mouth, half-beak open, pigeon-teeth bad. The newly traitorous whack-wallop held me tight. Yes, good, Inspector. He leaned close. I smelt the stench of blood, death. Yet I did not flinch. I looked him in the eye and prepared to go to that country from which no man returns. By which I mean death, and not somewhere like Denmark, which is apparently lovely. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> oh, you missed him, Benevolent. You have bitten me by mistake. Oh, there is no mistake. To become human again, to defeat death, I do not need the blood of my greatest enemy. I need the blood of someone who truly loves me. Actually, I've gone right off you. <laughs> Too late. I feel the strength of your love coursing through me. <laughs> it tickles. <laughs> Stop it. As I watched, Benevolent's pigeony face changed until it was fully human. Now only his pigeon wings remain. I must hurry before these two disappear. Let the others go. Take me. That is my plan. Oh. <laughs> For my hatred has matured in me like sadistic wine or vicious brandy. I fear you not, Mr. Benevolent. Oh, you will, Pippin, you will. He grabbed me, and with a mighty flapping of his pigeon wings, we rose into the night sky. Pippa and Ripley watched, unable to help. Help! We, we are, are unable to! to. <laughs> Harry lay dreaming. No, I will not take a crate of rubber chickens to Portugal for you, Lord Liverpool! And we rose higher and higher, and despite my earlier protestations, I was afraid. And I knew that nothing would ever be the same again. Blimey O'Reilly and Crikey O'Mikey, Mr. Benevolent back and, and you kidnapped. How exciting. I assure you it was not exciting at what, the time. What happened? Did he fly over a hunting party, get shot down and made into a delicious, if evil, pigeon pie? No. What he did to me is hard to talk of even now. But return next week and you shall hear how he reduced me to a mere shell of a man. How he shredded my self-respect like so much cabbage for an emotional coleslaw. <laughs> and how my life became so horrendous that by comparison, death would have seemed like a lovely day at the beach. <laughs>
Bleak Expectations was written by Mark Evans and starred Richard Johnson as Sir Philip Bin, Tom Allen as Young Pip, Anthony Head as Mr. Malevolent, James Barkman as Harry Biscuit, Jeffrey Whitehead as Inspector Wackwallop, Sarah Hadlin as Rightly and Lily, Susie Kane as Pippa, and Mark Evans as Sundry Gentlemen and Police Constables. The producer was Gareth Edwards. Thank you.